Hey, Sarah. Hey, Megan. So we're going to do a little um, preamble here. Yeah, we haven't done this before, but we also haven't just like jumped into a conversation with somebody without really introducing them. (laughs) Yes, we have a guest on this episode. We have a guest, Penelope Trunk, and... Uh, we were so excited to talk to her that, um, you know, we just we just got started and realized kind of as we were listening to it, the recording afterwards, that um, some of you guys don't know her. And some of you do because we covered her in a bonus episode, like one of her blog posts, which we continue to talk about in this episode. Uh, but we covered it in one of the bonus uh, sections for paying subscribers only. Um, so that, that was also, I think part of the confusion, but so who is Penelope Megan? Well, she's, she contains multitudes. Um, Penelope is, um, she's, she's a blogger. She's like a life coach. She's a career coach, uh, and life coach, American businesswoman, author, and blogger. Her Wikipedia page says her work focuses on the intersection of work and life, work and life. But I don't know that Wikipedia is the final word on anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So she did, she did a bunch of startups um, before she uh, became a mother and then a single mother um, after her divorce with her husband. And um, so then afterwards, I think that's when she moved into this, uh, uh, hourly wage, as she as she calls it, of um, career advice, and yes. so you know that's what she does. She's like a professional advice person. Her website is really interesting for those of you who who don't know anything about her. And this is what made me interested in in you know having a conversation with her. First, we read part of her blog posts together, and then I visited her site, and it's just hilarious in how just shockingly direct she is about some things, like in a way that it's always surprising. I'm always surprised when I'm, when I'm reading her. Yeah. So that, you know, that was, that was intriguing to me and it was, it's intriguing to Megan. And so uh, we had her on to discuss that same blog post again. And this blog post is about, uh, you know, a, a woman's life. And yes. It's what's a, called a, blue- a blueprint for a woman's life. Yes. Yes. So we go and through so- a little bit of that. Yeah. She gives us some advice. Uh, she tells us <laughs> yes. whether or not we're autistic. Um, there's oh, she so she has Asperger's. That's the other thing to keep in mind. Yes, as you're listening to this, this is important she, actually. Yeah, because there's a lot of um, autism talk and uh, Asperger's talk throughout it. But but know that she is coming from a place of understanding and love, as she is somebody also. Um, somebody yeah. with Asperger's. Yeah, she's not just randomly talking about autism. We should, yeah, we should say yeah. yeah. So uh, she will refer to that quite a bit, and um, and the way autism manifests in women, which is a little bit different sure. often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was just uh, it was a really interesting conversation. It was, you know, and it, I actually listened to a a, a podcast um, with her that Megan you shared with me that she was on just to get a good gauge on on how you know how she speaks and. Um, I remember that they did like a preamble and it was like 10 minutes. It was so long. And they spent that whole preamble talking about, you know, don't, Hey, don't, Hey guys, just don't like, listen, we know that this interview is going to be challenging <laughs> and <laughs> be held responsible and, for anything Penelope was saying. That yeah, and, 
<laughs> yeah, and and we know that not you know everyone's life is different, and everyone goes through different things. And I mean, they just yeah, we don't know that. That's totally oh. counter to our whole approach. Right, right. So we're we 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 are. You know, I I, I was I was just thinking that we're not going to do that. We're just going to jump right into the interview. And then when I listened to it, it was oh, we should probably introduce her a little bit more. So. Yeah. That's what this is. Um, And she has actually a crazy personal life too. I, you know, have been reading about that. We don't really discuss that on this episode, but we hope to have her on back again in the future because we really enjoyed this experience. Um, And we hope you guys enjoy it too. So tell us, you know, tell us what you think. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, everyone. Enjoy the episode. Just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. Special Place in Hell, the podcast where an aging Gen X author and a self-hating millennial activist come together to thoroughly and conclusively solve our culture war problems with our combined wit, wisdom, and most importantly, lived experiences. I am the aging Gen X author, Megan Daum, Megan Dom, I don't know how to pronounce my name, and with me is Sarah Hader, the self-hating Sarah Hader. Hi, Sarah. And we have a very special guest. Very special. We're not alone. A very, very special hellish guest, Penelope Trunk. Yay. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome, Penelope. Hi. Hi. Um, Thank you. You you are here because we talked about you on uh, a recent episode because a listener brought your work to our attention and we're completely fascinated and riveted. So we're a little yeah. starstruck to have you here. Uh, well, I listened to what you guys said. It was super fun. <laughs> yeah, the, the blueprint for a woman's life. Yeah, we read that. Yeah, I wanted you guys to just do every post. It was so fun. I could just do rewrites while you're editing them. <laughs> well, I think we should go We should go through it right away. Let's just really quick so people know who you are. We, we're not going to dwell on this because we want to get right into your work. But you are... You're a, are you a life coach? Are you a career coach? Are you a dating coach? Like, what do you specialize in? That's awesome. Like I've got two failed marriages. So definitely I'm a dating coach. Yes. Seriously. Uh, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, but I homeschooled and I got stuck with a cello prodigy. So I couldn't run a company anymore. And I had to think like, what could I do while I'm driving around my cello kid. And so I just coached people while I did that. Okay. All right. Well, we're just going to, we're going to cover a lot of ground, but I think we should just get right into it with your, with your blueprint for, um, what did you call it? Blueprint for for a a woman's woman's life. life. Yeah. Yeah. And this was, um, so someone sent this to us, our, one of our readers sent this to us. Was it DJ? It was one of our They can't read. Okay, right. I don't read. <laughs> um, he sent this to us because um, we were discussing, you know, norms that women, you know, like what, what we might recommend for women to do if they, you know, want to have children, definitely, you know, and, and how to space out career and and marriage and that sort of thing. And in that discussion, somebody said that we should check out your blueprint, which 
we thought was so much fun. And we read through it on one of the bonus sections, I think, of our of one of our episodes. Oh, it was in the bonus? It was in the bonus. Yeah. So not everybody knows about this blueprint. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we just read it, uh, you know, if, live um, and discussed it. And it was it was super fun. Um, and what I liked about your approach and what I like about your website is that it's just so it's so direct, like almost like too direct. But it's but it, I like that because it, it's very, um, you know, it, it's it, it makes me feel as if, oh, uh, this person is not wasting my time, <laughs> you know, with like, yes, niceties and, you know, making sure that I feel good about what right. I'm reading and that kind of and thing. And to be sure, you don't say yeah. to be sure. There are many exceptions and then go on to make. Oh, that's right. true. You just very black and white. Yeah. 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 So, well, so why did you, um, why, why did, uh, and what was the context for giving this advice? Why don't you just sort of say that? And then I want to run through the points and have you elaborate on them. Um, well, first I want to know, I know how old Megan is. I don't know how old Sarah is. I'm in my <laughs> early thirties. And do you have kids? I do, but uh, it, it's an unknown number for, on this yes. podcast. She, oh, it's unknown. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, she represents the trad wife. Uh, I, I represent, I represent the, the young married wife, well, uh, mother cohort. And Megan is the f- uh, free spirit who is... Um, <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I think when yeah. I read her stuff. I'm the spirit. yeah, exactly. That's, that's me. Uh-huh. I'm the um, I'm the I'm the uh, the barren wretch. Yeah. <laughs> so um, okay. So what was the question? What, what? Well, why did you do this? Why did you make this list? What was the oh, impetus? Okay, so um, so when I started coaching, I used to at the beginning of my career, people would ask me to coach them all the time. And I'd be like, no, why would I do that? Because then I'd be an hourly worker and I can like leverage myself if I'm doing a startup. But then I had to be an hourly worker. And uh, every woman has all the same problems. So like if if you tell me how old you are and who you live with, uh, I, I basically know all your problems because oh. I'd coach, I've coached so many women that Uh, I could just see everybody's problems. So I started seeing patterns and then I realized there are actually answers to how to do things. And um, so I was like, uh, I'm just going to tell everybody the answers because I keep saying the same things over and over and over again on all these phone calls. Okay. I want you to tell us what our problems are, but let's go through this list first. Okay. Okay. Do it that way. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, that way she gets to know us a little bit as we're yeah. talking, and then, and then I do want to hear what my problem is. I think I have yeah. many problems. Okay, Sarah, do you want you? You think you have a problem? Okay. I, I many problems. So I many problems. Well, this with me, I would say most definitely. You this have a is this is a uh, this okay. podcast is a big problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, do you, okay, Sarah, do you want to go through the the items? Should we go What's through all number? of them like we did before? So we we read them, we read the whole description, but this time maybe since oh Penelope, yeah, just, just here, the you can names just... of the right, just the tight the headings. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the first uh, tip that you give is do less homework, which was an interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. What do you mean this by is, that? Well, you you guys probably have a lot of parents on uh, that are listening, so it's really really messed up that people send girls to school. 
and tell them, uh, you're so smart, you can do anything, way to go with the good grades, because girls get good grades and boys play video games and good grades don't correlate to anything in adult life and um, playing competitive video games correlate to being high earning and successful. So the whole thing is a racket and um, uh, girls get really good grades and then get out into the real world and um, don't know how to do anything outside of a grading system. Mm. And um, it's a really like terrible wake up call. And meanwhile, the boys have been competing like animals on League of Legends for their whole childhood. So they're like primed and ready to go for the workplace. And on top of that, all the girls are going to leave the workplace and go have kids at age, you know, 30, 32 anyway. And they're going to feel like crap because everybody told them it's so important to get good grades. So Uh, The whole thing just sets girls up to hate themselves. So we need to stop that. I think that's a really good point. Sarah, what do you think about that? I think that, I mean, I I like that, Enby, which is that um, the the school environment is not the real world. The school environment is not the work environment. Um, I mean, I think there's so many, so much discussion about salaries and how women don't, don't ask for raises or don't, don't uh, negotiate and and men do. And I wonder how much of it is just that uh, you don't negotiate for a grade, you know, in class. You, I think you are... can now actually that not, yeah, maybe not true. in our time, but <laughs> now true. you can you easily can... petition the teacher, just threaten to have the teacher fired and you can get yeah, all A's. You're right. Oh, there's a way innovative. to Yeah. Yeah. See, that's, that's entrepreneurial. Yeah, no, I think so. Okay, so would you suggest them that girls just start playing video games? Or like, if somebody is a girl right now, what would you tell them to do? Um, well, if the girl has autism, she should totally play video games, because she'll be great. And League of Legends has um, the world, the worlds just came, just came and went. And there were more viewers for Worlds than, like, the NBA finals or the NFL finals. Like, it's way bigger than anything we've got going on in our sports world. So if the girls can play League of Legends, um, girls are very valuable in League of Legends. So they should totally just stop everything they're doing and play League of Legends. Yes. (laughs) But if they're not autistic, they're not going to be good enough. Oh. So, um, so then uh, they should just tell their parents to let them homeschool. Interesting. <laughs> well, you think so, uh, but would girls thrive in a homeschool environment too? Um, don't you think like there's, there's a social element that is useful for girls? You think school teaches social skills? No, that's true. I mean, Cause maybe... if, if school taught social skills, then autism wouldn't be a thing. Mm. School would solve it. But mm-hmm. you don't think that girls need to like get their girl girl on and you know. Well, out, I think they do. Their, I, but school posse. is specifically not for talking to your friends. So girls could be at home and find what they want to do and um, be with their friends and do it, which is exactly what they do in real life. Mm-hmm. But you mean be with their friends online? I feel like I what? did nothing but what? talk with my friends when I was in school. I don't understand. Homeschool's not online. No, no, no I know, but like, but they're not with their friends. They're not like in the classroom with their friends. So if they're homeschoolers, at home... 
homeschoolers homeschool with other homeschoolers. Okay. It's not like they sit at home waiting for the kids who are in school to get done with school. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder Um, how the majority of homeschoolers are super rich. Mm -hmm. Because why would a super rich person send their kids to school? They don't need to. Like there's no benefit to going to school. If you're super rich, you're going to be successful anyway. So you could go do something else. Sarah, I I wish I hadn't gone to school, to be honest. (laughs) I, I, I say that to my parents. I mean, I don't say that to my parents. I wouldn't even understand what that means, but I hated high school and I wish I hadn't gone. I had a friend who just, he said he didn't like high school and he was really smart and good at learning on his own. And he told his parents, I don't want to go to high school anymore. And they were very educated and like, like supportive kind of a family. And they said, okay, but you have to, you know, you have to get all these credentials and whatever and you have to go to college and all this stuff and he managed it on his own so he just dropped out and completed what he needed to complete and i feel like that would have been a good option for me i don't know but megan did you like school um not particularly but it would have been inconceivable to drop out yeah that's right yeah i mean at that time i wouldn't have known what to do interesting school statistic this is from before covid so i don't know what it is now but Right before COVID, Stanford's acceptance rate was 5%, but for homeschoolers, it was 20%. Yeah. Oh, wow. No, I believe it. I mean, the kids I know who are homeschooled are outstanding, mm-hmm. I have to say. Um, mm-hmm. They, they, they don't can talk this... to adults. Yes. And they don't have this sort of like annoying thing where they act like the other kids. They seem like actual authentic individuals. They're not just, mm-hmm. you know, going along with everybody else acting like twerps yeah okay well so sarah you should homeschool your kids oh my god i think that's the so verdict. much pressure how can i i'm barely treading water as it is can they help with the podcast maybe you could school maybe them they can help with the podcast like that's part technical of their things like sound sure. check yeah that okay. would be great mm-hmm. um good great ideas okay. um so we're never going to get through this list because we're on number two and it's there's like 12 of them but and I feel right, like well, we're, <laughs> we're just gonna keep, keep, it, keep it a clip okay okay um so number two okay so we have we're gonna talk a lot about this one uh, number two is get plastic surgery Penelope what oh yeah what? you know what I'm wrong about this one. Oh, really I don't yeah, think so okay. <laughs> well, this is why I'm wrong because um if people can even if they don't know that they can tell someone's had plastic surgery if you put people in a room and you have people rate everybody one through 10 on looks, people won't rate you higher after plastic surgery. Hmm. Uh, um, that's because people don't know what plastic surgery they really need. Um, they go I, by don't, I, I don't know. I think the human eye doesn't register something about it. I'm not really sure, but it doesn't pay off in the, um, in terms of like the dating market and the um, in the workplace market, plastic surgery doesn't help you. And you know what a good example is Chelsea Clinton. Like she got so much plastic surgery and she's still so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you say 
Plastic surgery is the must-have career tool for the workforce of the new millennium. You will earn more money and you will have more opportunities for mentoring and you will have a wider choice of men, which is, of course, another way to earn money. I just I think that there's like all kinds of ways to get plastic surgery. I mean, you could get something that's really obvious and not necessarily like lip injections wait, wait, I, or something. I have an, I have an, um, an exception. Yeah. Like So Ivanka, Ivanka Trump, she got yeah. plastic surgery. She had like a kind of a recessed chin. She, yeah, she and Chelsea Clinton kind of had kind of similar issues, actually. It, it, it's like, you know how, like, when you have a, a lighthouse, you don't really know how many ships averted the crash? It's like, <laughs> well, we don't know, like, I, I don't think Ivanka would have done any worse than Jared with her terrible chin. I mean, he's already a total loser, right? So, Well, he's had a ton of plastic surgery, too. Ew, and he looked worse. He, yeah. he used so to be cute. I, I just er, the book cuter. is really the book that um that made me think I was wrong is called Looks L O O K S. And the mm-hmm. guy like devoted his entire life to doing studies about how um when people look at you, they don't register that you got plastic surgery. Like they don't register that your looks improved. Hmm. Well, Hmm. But I think it depends. I mean, because I know people who've gotten like, if you, I don't know, like, say you have like, like, serious, like eye bags or something. Yeah, I feel like that's something that can be easily fixed. That makes a huge difference. Well, the difference is now you don't have huge eye bags, but like, you're not good looking. Right. Make you good. Well, (laughs) but it makes it makes it so it's something. Well, I think there's a lot going on. It can make you feel more confident. You're not obsessing about this flaw that you think you have. And so you're not. Yeah, but that's all in your head that it doesn't make somebody who's an eight want to go out with a six like you're still a six. Hmm. Okay. well, so so I, I think that there's plastic surgery can move you a little bit like maybe you're you don't become. And eights don't become nines, but maybe they become 8.5s. Like, I think yeah. th- I think that it does help a little bit. Because I know people who have plastic, have had plastic surgery, and they had, like, an obvious kind of a imbalance, I guess, imbalanced feature. Um, right. And then when they fixed it, you couldn't – I couldn't tell what's – like, I wouldn't have known that they had plastic surgery necessarily, um, just that they did seem a little bit And then did you want to have sex with them? No, these are these are women so Sarah no, wants to I have sex with everybody <laughs> she's obsessed with porn um, what about in porn like if a porn star gets plastic surgery they make more money though i just think this is like a waste of our time because it's like we're talking about people who are trying to move the dial like point two mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. we shouldn't even associate with people who are trying to move the dial point two because we can move it so much farther Okay, how do you do that? How do you move it farther? Well, I mean, you guys are so fun. Okay. You move it farther by being so fun. By like, having a podcast. Um, and also by doing no, a I podcast do instead of you. video. No. Yeah. Oh, so wait. Okay, so one thing, I think that physically, most people can get in better shape um, and that that does help. Well, yeah. I played on the professional beach volleyball tour. Mm-hmm. yeah you must and have been super hot by the way i, I was super hot. the hottest hottest people this is That's an interesting sport i did have a perfect amazing body but the thing about it is when you have that kind of body you just don't care what the other person's body's like 
because hmm. you have a perfect body. You don't need the other person to have a perfect body. So all of the women, I mean, so few weren't gay. I mean, most of the women were gay, but all the women who weren't gay were dating slobs. Like, oh, see, this is, yes. this is what I, this is my recovering nerd syndrome theory that yes, mm. this is exactly like, so the guys who were like the jocks in school and got all the girls and were good looking, they, uh, they don't, they're not as judgmental as women of women as like the recovering nerds who have to prove themselves by going out with hot trophy wives. That's oh, I, yeah. that's very yeah. much in line with that. Yeah. Yeah. I um, agree. Okay. Interesting. All right. So should we go to the next one? Go to business school. We solved that. Sure. Yeah, we solved that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Three is go to business school right out of the gate. Is that, do you still agree with that one? Oh, um, well, it used to be that they let women in business school early because business school is such a racket for women Mm. and the business schools knew it. But at this point, it's such a racket. Just forget it. Wait, okay. Why is it a racket for women? Because they're going to drop out anyway? Yeah, because you can't, you can't leverage business school before you have kids. It can't well, because, be done. What do you mean? By leverage business school, what do you mean? Well, you can't go to business school and then get out and get your career to a point where it mattered that you went to business school before you have kids. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, All once right. you have kids, someone's got to stay home with them at winter break or whatever, you know, someone has to. Yeah. No, I know where you're, I know where you're going husband. with this. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I hear you. Okay. All right. Well, so this is going, okay. Start looking early for a husband. Seriously. That's number four. Yeah. 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 That's really important. Um, it's so important that in um, at Oxford, the women, the female teachers have started just throwing it into their curriculum. They're so upset that nobody's talking about it. Really? Yeah. What do you mean, like, throwing it into their curriculums? Like, in... Saying, the, saying that it's important if you are going to go to graduate school, you still have to get married. Mm. So, like, especially for um, women who are doctors – the uh, the men who go to medical school can all get married while they're in medical school, but the women can't. If they can't find someone to marry, like really early, it's just they have to wait till after medical school, and wait. it's really bad. Okay, but why? Because there, but there isn't like a baby factor here. So why is that? Uh, there's not a baby factor. They need to have a baby while they're doing the residency. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Um, okay. And because so so at Oxford, the uh, women and women professors in the medical school are just adding it to their lectures. It's like the Princeton mom. You probably like the Princeton yeah. Uh huh. I love yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone, all women. I feel like it's the job of Gen X to just start telling the truth about everything. Like, how we old don't are you? Lie. Penelope, how old are you? Can I ask? Are 55? you fifty-five? Okay, so you're Gen X. Yeah, I think I didn't get into Vassar because Megan did. Because I got well, look, you would you would have hated it because there were hardly any men there. See, this is the thing because I, on principle, agree with what you're saying, what Princeton Mom is saying. But the fact is that there, 
are so much more women in college than men. Like if, so if you go to art school or if you go to a place like Vassar, you're already kind of screwed before you get started because they're just, well, aren't I think that's every college now. That's every college. Yeah. Because that's everywhere. Right. Unless you go to like a tech college. Right, right, right. So you go how to the you... engineering like school yes. and you hang out around their, you know, like smelly computer lab. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I think that's how you can tell that college is stupid because men don't go anymore. It's like the first way you can tell something's <laughs> stupid, men don't go. Like pediatrics, you can't have a pediatric specialty because there are no men there. It's like the ghetto now. I thought that was because they didn't want to get accused of, you know they thought they think it's weird to be around children i feel like there's a stigma about that oh interesting yeah i think i think think with some of them it's like that with some things but i think generally that rule is interesting and provocative but probably true oh what do you mean the rule of if men don't do it it's not worth it if men start leaving if men start leaving like it's i mean it could be something like what you said megan with pediatrics or like gynecology or something like the pay is low yeah, yeah, the pay but, is low. Yeah. But it, yeah, is the pay low in in gynecology too, though? Because there's hardly any. Most gynecologists are women now. But that, that's just because more women want a female gynecologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, have you ever had a male gynecologist? Yeah, I have. I, I have. have too. I hated it. It was a terrible yeah. experience. Um. <laughs> you okay. <Was laughs> I it, did it once, I, and it was like, do you get uh, to? Do you? Are you? Tra- are you a survivor? Are you a survivor of a male gynecologist? I think so because I was my first gynecologist, and it was and mine and too. He was this like old old dude, and he could tell I was really like on edge, you know, d- during the whole experience. And he was trying to calm me down, <laughs> like be like, like he extra... gave you a drink. Did he? Did he? No, like <laughs> <you're making? laughs> um, like, honey, you just no, need to he relax. Was... He was like sort of like there, thereing, you know, like a little bit, but it wasn't helping the situation. I just was like, you need to just get, do what you need to do, and then I need to get out. Um, and <laughs> just, since then, I need to like lie like... there and think of the empire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just... <laughs> okay. Did, did you guys <laughs> right. read Plain Song? No. Oh, the Ken, gr- Aunt Harif? Yeah. There's a great gynecologist scene in there. Oh, like that's a right. First gynecologist visit. It, it's like it should be in sex ed or something for every oh boy. Oh my god, it's so good. Good callback. Wow, good, good literary name drop. That's a good novel. All right, so let's um, let's go through these as quickly as we can. So next okay. is um, uh, let's see, maybe we can sort of do some of these all at the same time. Milk maternity leave for all it's worth. Guard your marriage obsessively. Um. Well, we we could talk about, I'm just going to pick out the interesting stuff. Right. So this is, guess what the divorce rate is for white and Asian college educated women? Um, I've heard you say this. It's apparently very low, but I don't, yeah. yeah. It's 2%. What? Yeah. I almost don't believe that. That's a little too low. It's it's been 2% for 25 years. What? Wow, so I'm exceptional. I'm in the I'm yeah. in the t- I'm in the top. All right, I'm in the top. So I'm in the pretty 1%. much, pretty much only autistic women with kids. I mean, you don't have kids, but when it comes to having kids, the only college educated white and Asian women who get divorced are autistic. Wow, it's like really, really 
it's just so inefficient and like it's so inefficient and incompetent and like i know everyone's gonna be like but my husband was so abusive okay this is actually my ex-husband calling like he's god perfect right now what yeah Yeah, i just (laughs) you can patch him through (laughs) um yeah so um you have you just have to stay married if you have kids you have to stay married it's a ghetto you get ostracized if you're a single mom. You, no one will talk to you. It's like you you're you're contagious. They but do don't you want think your this kids is, playing with them? Really? But is this a recent phenomenon? Because I feel like no. this was it, was it was almost romanticized, like in the eighties and into the nineties. The sort of single, the single mom, the independent woman, doing it all. Well, this is a really piece. This is a great piece of research that. Women tell other women to, like, you go, girl, like, go get everything you can, be really competitive. But for themselves, they're not competitive at all. Yeah, that's true. Well, I know a few that are competitive, but yeah, exceptions don't don't mean anything. Yeah. So I think all that talk of, like, single moms, you can do it, it's, like, for everyone else. They don't want to do mm-hmm. it. Although... Okay, what do you think about this? Because there's also this thing where if they get divorced, then suddenly there's shared custody and the the ex-husband has the kids every other weekend and suddenly these women are like freed up. I've had several friends say this is the best deal in town. Like suddenly They're I have every other weekend fucking to Fucking idiots. <laughs> because um. the guy's going to remarry and his house is going to be way better because his wife is going to stay home and they're going to have a two parent household and your friend's household is going to be a shit show cuz she's a single parent and no guy's ever going to marry a woman who's a single parent cuz who wants to raise kids with her and her husband and her husband's new wife so she's just screwed she's just <laughs> <laughs> she's Sarah. I hope you're listening to this. I know you're you're right on the edge. Her future. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, keeping. I'm taking notes. Are you married, Sarah? Um, I, I am. Yes. I am. Yes. And she's trad so that's wife. Great. That's and great. Now I'm going to guard it obsessively. <laughs> yes. You don't. You shouldn't let <laughs> Just, your husband even out of the house. Yeah. Or back into the house. You should make him it's be at not, work all the time. It's time. like. It's not like everybody loves their marriage and marriage is so great. It's just nobody wants to live like the single moms are living. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. They're just full, full of crap. When okay. But what do you, so great. and I mean, again, I, I don't want to be the person that's like, what about this? Cause I do hate it when people do that, but I do, I do think it's like worth thinking Go about ahead. cause I've had, um, I, I have heard women say like, it's just so much easier to do this by myself. Like I don't yeah. have to get his input. I don't have to get his opinion. It's I'm in charge. But it's simpler. That's not true because they have shared custody. So she does have to get his input. That's ridiculous. Not necessarily. I mean, but he's not there all day. I've had, I've heard women say like, this is just a lot. I don't have to share my space. I think people are control freaks, you know, that that is true. They don't have to share their space, but they have to share their kids. So that's why I said they're all autistic because they're putting their own inability to share 
their space and their like time management and all that ahead of their kids having a family. Okay. I mean, yeah, it is much easier to just be in charge of all your own stuff. It's much easier to get to choose 2% or whole milk. Yes. But it's not as important as having your kids have a family. All right, Sarah. I hope it's you're listening preposterous. to this. It's preposterous. Wow. Yeah. Either Sarah, don't even numbers. think you can choose between 2% and whole. Okay. Just yeah. Just take, yeah. just like look right around now. at the, like now take a fresh look at the people you know, the women you know who are divorced. Like take a fresh look and be like, are these the highest functioning women I know? Right, right. But it's often, I mean, many of, so there's, there's the autism angle, which I don't know much about, but there's also, there are people who jump into a marriage without maybe knowing that much about each other. Like I know people like that who didn't date that long and, you know, got married and had kids and then realized afterwards, like we're not a hundred, we're not that compatible. We don't like each other or one person is. Yeah. What does that mean? What does that compatible mean? Right. They still have to raise the kids together. So it's, Yeah, but living you know, living in the same house, sleeping in the same bed, I mean that's they can just get different bedrooms because exactly. the kids are gonna have to go back and forth from house to house. Okay, so would you recommend that everybody like people in that situation, like where they hate each other, right? Like they let's say let's say you 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 got married too quickly, whatever, you didn't know things about each other. And and now you hate hate each other's guts. Um, Why? Why would they hate each other? Like, think about the number of people that you hate. Yeah. yeah well, 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 like let's they're say, your let's say somebody kids, asking the wrong people. Right? That is the only person who loves your kids as much as you do. You can never walk around talking about hating that person because it will mm-hmm. damage your children. Mm-hmm. But so if they those people need to terribly. grow the fuck up. What and live in, and, and be in separate bedrooms. Yeah, and have affairs. Is that what you recommend? Like no. you just sort of have people on the side. No. no. Why do they have time to have affairs? <laughs> Why aren't well, they this... parenting their children? I think you can do. They both. can have but... affairs when their kids go to college. It's oh, but then they're going to be old and years. have to get plastic surgery. <laughs> okay. People Wait. Are... Okay, but I, Penelope, thank. Yeah. Uh, Sarah thinks it's weird to have separate bedrooms, and I, I think we've talked about this before. I think it's potentially great. It works out great for people. Because oh, I it, don't, I, I don't like sleep. I don't like sleeping alone. I know. So I don't. I would never. Yeah. I don't like yeah, sleeping just, alone either. But it, but you know, it's not. It's not like people never have sex. Just saying they like have their own space. Well, what if the other person snores or they just have different hours? I think it can. Sarah, be a very how long thing. have you been married? A while and I've been with with my husband like we've been together for a long time before we were married too so I've known so, him for a long time yeah I think it's great if you want to be in the same bedroom with him I think people go to separate bedrooms when they're just continuing to raise the kids together mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it's like stuff people do to be grown-ups and keep raising their kids together and they shouldn't pursue other relationships. No, they have to take care of their kids. It's, it it's true not... that they take a lot of time. Like it's like the polycule yeah. people. It's like how are they? How, like, yeah. A lot of a lot of them, I feel like, don't have kids. Like the the super committed poly. poly people, right? Because um, I think once kids are introduced into the you know equation, it just gets a lot yeah. more complicated. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, if there are no kids, whatever. People can yeah. do whatever they want. Totally. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, so do we want to move on? Yeah. Yeah. yeah quickly, so. because I want I want Penelope to diagnose you and me. So we can okay. compare this <laughs> Okay. I think we can skip seven. We understand it, right? Practice austerity. We minimize. Yeah, fuck that. I'm not into that. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't spend money. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, fine. Fine. Uh, do a startup with a guy. Okay. <laughs> As opposed to by yourself or with another woman? No, we don't pick women. Okay, well, so Megan and I are doing this podcast together. Do you think we made a mistake? No, you've got, uh, presumably you're not the breadwinner for your family. So who cares what you do? (laughs) I am. I'm the breadwinner for my family of one. (laughs) Megan doesn't have kids. So Megan can do whatever she wants. So you guys are great. Okay. Okay. You guys should do everything with women. So fun. Okay. The problem is you say that VC funded startups require 100 plus hour weeks every week. That is true. Mm-hmm. I, I have never I don't worked think so people hard in my life. do that anymore. I don't but, think you know, people do it. Well, but this is like, this is, I mean, Jordan Peterson talks about this. If you're really going to be like, you know, an absolute, you know, head of a huge company or a startup or whatever, you have to commit to working 80 plus hours a week and more men are going to tend to be willing to do that of the of the few people who are willing to do that they're more yeah. likely to be men yeah yes mm. definitely yeah i have a ton of i have now that i'm thinking about it like all my work like real work commitments like are with women with other women as partners hmm. Hmm. well why would men even want to partner with us like it's not that fun <laughs> because <laughs> they already have a wife at home and men are just in at work so they can like compete with other men. It's like, I remember when my brother was wrestling in high school and wrestling is co-ed. So he had to wrestle a girl what? and I was like, what is this? And I feel like that's what like working with men is when I'm 50. It's like, why, why are they working with me? Like they just want to have sex with 20 year olds or like compete with other men. Like, let's just be honest. Hmm. But wait, your brother wrestled with girls? I've never heard of this. Co-ed wrestling? Yeah, because it's by weight. Oh. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. It was so awkward. I had to, like, Ahead turn of away. time. No, everything's so that awkward. way. So awkward. Wow. That's yeah. really... I like competing with men. I like competing in general. Maybe this I know. Is, we I mean, love this... it. It's that they don't. Okay. But well, they don't oh. cringe. Oh, they don't. Oh, and you also know why? they yeah. know that any woman who's high up is high up because she's a woman because people are desperate to find women who will climb the ladder. So it's like it's, it's terrible. And it's like so they feel like they can't. It's sort of like they feel like they can't hit us like they can't. They have to sort of have kid gloves on around women. They can't really be competitive because they don't yeah. want to look like well, we can't be fired because they can't find any women who will replace us because none of us want to climb ladders. Really? Mm. Even like middle-aged white women can't be fired? I feel like we're very out of fashion. Well, are you and I climbing a ladder? No. No, I don't even, <laughs> please. I don't even. No. Like, it's, a stool. If, if I like any step middle-aged on a stool. white woman climbing a ladder, no one's touching her. <laughs> There's so few. <laughs> I was going to say, like, if you, you know, like people say, like, would you rather have what would you rather have the superpower of invisibility or flight? And I was going to say, choose flight because you're going to get to invisibility at some point anyway, if you're a woman. So there you go. There's your superpower. Um, Okay. (laughs) Choose flight now. 
That's that would be on my list of things. Okay, so do a startup with a guy. If you can't get men to do a startup with you, do a lifestyle business. Sarah, I think this is a lifestyle business. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, we need some merch, sure. but yeah. We need yeah, we need merch, we need sponsorships, but sure. Yeah. I think we um, need to have like a skincare line to go with this. Oh, yeah. 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 I've I've, I've I've always wanted to do that actually. I'm like obsessed with skincare, but okay. Anyway, 10 <laughs> homeschool your kids will be screwed if you don't well we talked about this a little bit can we skip yeah, this we one that. Yeah. yeah 11 spend money on household help and botox to keep more doors open longer so are you still for a botox i mean that's not quite plastic surgery oh someone just told me that uh i got an email from someone saying um that i should do more that it's affecting their ability to listen to me on webinars <laughs> <laughs> oh really? You should do uh-huh. Can't you just yeah. put the fil- you can just put the filter on? So I thought I was doing that. that. <laughs> I think I need like more filters or more lights or something or a bag on my head or something. I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Um. All right. I don't know about that one. Botox is pretty expensive, though, isn't it? Like it's. I feel like that, and it's like a black hole. Yeah. Well, they yeah, say if you, you start, I've heard you say, Penelope, that if you start Botox early, you won't get wrinkles at all. And I don't think it quite works that way. Yeah, I started really early. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I think about this. I like that Madonna just got herself a new face. I think that might be the way to go. I like oh, full she, on she kind of looks scary, though, doesn't she? It's a little I scary. Don't she even, looks a little, I, haven't seen I don't know. It would be scary Uncanny to be Madonna. Uncanny Valley situation no like it's a little uncanny valley i think it's she's a little too her face is a little too tight and it's angular anyway mm-hmm. i don't know i I have nothing to say because i think there's no good answers you're you just age naturally and for a lot of people that's not doesn't look great um <laughs> or you just spend a lot of money on botox i guess and for with the mm, and filler know, it's results. not just botox it's all it's everything it's all that it's shit. everything Okay. Yeah. 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 So I, 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 I've heard that before that if you get Botox when you're young, you just paralyze that face and wrinkles are formed because you're using, you're making facial expressions and the wrinkles are like basically where the grooves of, of how the face, you know, contracts and expands and all of that. Um, so if you get like, there was a trend of young women getting Botox everywhere and you can't really tell that they've had Botox because they don't have wrinkles anyway. Their faces are, I guess their expressions are a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> there would be, yeah, there would just be entire cohorts of women who've never made a facial expression. So what do you think is wrong with us? You say you can diagnose anybody and know what's wrong with their life within a second of talking. With yeah, them. but so, people don't really want to know. So don't ask me I that. do. Okay, Sarah wait, does. wait, wait. I, I, can I think it. I, do I want to know? Can I, I think I can handle it probably. We're, we're totally. Also, do you think we're autistic? Yeah, that's the um, other Oh, here I can, I'll, I'll give you a test. Okay. 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 Are you in the same room or different rooms? Different rooms. No, we've okay, never even met. Okay, this will be fun because all your listeners can do this as well. Oh, nice. Okay. 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 So um, everybody um, stand up. Do you have to be hands-free? Can you guys do that? We can't stand we up, stand but I can up. be hands-free. Can't yeah, be, can. uh, okay, be hands-free. I think, I think it'll work. It, you need space in front of you. Yeah, that's so, fine. Um, 
Okay, so it's a it's a pretend. We're doing a game. So pretend that I'm in the room with you because that's how you're supposed to do it. And pretend that I hand you a piece of paper in your non-dominant hand. So take the piece of paper like we're doing pretend. And then I hand you a scissors in the other hand. And then show me cutting the paper. So cut, cut, cut. Are you guys mm-hmm. cutting? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, stop. So when you cut the paper, did you open and close with your, did you make a V with your your hand and open and close with your, 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 uh, fingers? No, no. I made it like I, my hand is around as if around the scissors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's a test. Um, so this is a test that people give four-year-olds to see, um, it's just like a regular four-year-old test to see if they know the difference between um, being the paper and holding the paper or being the scissors and holding the scissors. Right. And autistic women almost always become the scissors. Mm. Oh. So I'm kind of surprised that both of you did not become the scissors. I almost never talk to women who don't become the scissors. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I would have said that I'm a little bit autistic. If, if you had asked me just based on nothing, but like knowing myself, I would have said that I'm, if you're looking at just a spectrum, maybe yeah. not like super far off on the spectrum, but more so than the average woman. That's what I would have said. Well, so the way these tests work is not every woman um, will be a yes to every test, but if you're a yes to any of them, you're autistic. So mm. here's another one. Look okay. at your, put your hand down on a table your mm-hmm. left hand down on a table and you look at the um, difference between your ring finger and your index finger and um, your index finger, the height, the length of it is a result of how much testosterone you have. We've known this for a long time. People uh, use it for lots of different. Yeah. This used tests. to be the, are you a lesbian test? Really? That's yes. really funny. Yes, it was. Yeah. So if you if your um, index finger is uh, close in height in length to your ring finger, then you have a lot of testosterone, and autism in women is a testosterone linked disorder. Hmm. Wow. Wait, so also, you want it to be you? Which one do you want to be? Your index should be longer than your ring finger, or shorter? so your. Um, uh, neurotypical women have a longer index finger and um, index. only on the left women, hand, only on the non-dominant hand or on either. Um, it, it works best on the left hand. I don't know why, but it, most people have it on both hands, but, um, gay women are autistic. <laughs> <laughs> why is that? What, is that funny? No, I want to hear more about that. Yeah, it, it just is. It's a, uh, it's, it's a testosterone disorder. Autism's okay. a testosterone disorder. Well, they disorder. would say, yeah, I mean, one way of describing autism is extreme maleness, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So it's So mine are like, kind of the same size. What does that yeah, mean? Yeah. And actually yeah, my left that, one is a little bit different than my right one for some reason. So if they're the same size, that means that testosterone made your index finger shorter. Hmm. Wait, interesting. 
But wait, mm-hmm. the index finger is what would be, if, if your index finger is longer, that means you have more testosterone. You have less testosterone. Testosterone less. makes it shorter. Oh, okay. interesting. I'm this a high another team. way you can tell is, um, you know uh, how models walk and they swing their hips? They walk in with like really narrow gait and they swing their hips. Kind yes. Of. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, like it's like how you walk in high <laughs> heels, like if you want to be really girly. So autistic women have a wide gait. So like if we're in high heels, we know you're supposed to like narrow the gait, but it's not our natural gait. We have a wider gait than that. Hmm. hmm. Okay. A wide gait. I don't wear a lot of heels anymore, so I don't really know. I don't know. But I did. Well, I passed that gait. other test. I I pa- I. I mean, I have the high high testosterone ratio. Wait, you don't know if you have a wide gait or not? I never thought I don't about know what that. That means, yeah, I never That's thought kind of, about is that it. like wide stance? Do you yeah. walk like a girl? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Like very flirty and swinging my hips yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I don't. I don't not walk like a girl. You know, I'm not like stomping around. But <laughs> I don't think I'm. You don't walk like extremely, a <laughs> I don't know if I'm like extremely feminine either in the way that I walk. Yeah, I'm not. A, we're not girly girls, but we're not I don't girly think girls. That we're no. we're not like particularly masculine. I don't think. It's it's not about like you know we're not talking about everything. Just your gait. So the wide gait. It looks not feminine, but it actually comes from not having that good balance. Hmm. Oh, all right. It, it hmm. doesn't mean you're you're a boy. It means you don't have good balance, but it ends up looking like a wide gate. Okay, and I, we I should don't say think I have a particularly wide gate. I think yeah. I have a normal ish. So yeah. the interesting thing. So the the reason that. Uh, the first two tests work better than all the others is because uh, we don't really know. Like, how would you know? You only Mm -hmm. know your gait Mm -hmm. and it's relative to the whole world's gates. So the other kinds of things like, you know, like, uh, do you, uh, do you have a delay? Like if I asked you, do you have a delay before you talk? Like, how would you know? You just know you. (laughs) Only on Twitter. Yeah. So, so it's very hard to tell yourself Mm. if you have autism, it's very hard. Well, and we should say, sorry, if we, if we had introduced you properly as if you were like a a guest, we would have made clear that you are autistic yourself. And this is a big part of your, your work. So I just, in case people are confused at this point. Oh, in case I've offended everyone. No, not offended. I just want people to be able to put this into context. Um, So you, and do you actually specialize in coaching women who are on the spectrum? Hey, you know what? I, um, I went to Harvard and asked if I could get a PhD and, uh, autism stuff. And they let me just skip and start doing research in a lab. Wow. Really? Really? Yeah. Isn't that cool? <laughs> That's what really kind cool. Of, wow. What are you kind doing of that research? now? Yeah. Yeah. Did you, do you have a college degree? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just curious. I do, but only barely because I'm so autistic. 
I couldn't graduate because <laughs> I had too many library books out and my grandma had to pay for all of them so I could graduate. So where did you go to college? Did you really I not get Brandeis. into Vassar? Okay. Brand- I, yeah, I didn't get into Vassar. <laughs> and I'm so autistic that I only applied to one college. And then my parents had to make a donation to Brandeis to get me in. Wow. And then my grandma had to pay for all my library books to get me a diploma. So I had a rough time. I'm not so do you, could you, do you come from money? Um, not like serious money, but money to like scramble to get a poorly behaved kid into college. That kind wow. of Wow. I don't think I have ever met anybody who said that their parents made a donation to the college and that's what got them in. That's remarkable. Congratulations. Wait, what? That's that. like, I, I don't, did, don't we know Jared did that? Is well, I don't Jared know him personally. That? Like, I don't know him personally. I mean, my parents did not do a Jared level donation. Okay. No. It's Brandeis. Like you only have to like buy a, a lunch table or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, did they, is there a name on the lunch table? Like, is there a little, little plaque? Like, you know, Were you only allowed to eat at that, at that lunch table? I I was like relegated to the kosher lunchroom for the whole four years. Right, That's all. Right. Okay. So I want to talk about, I've heard you say that um, all women want to do at the end of the day is have families and raise kids. And I actually think that you are mostly, I think that's mostly correct, even though it doesn't, I, I'm a weirdo and I, I'm a real outlier here. So I want to hear you talk more about that. And uh Okay, this is my favorite piece of research about this. Okay, yes. It's a study about um, women who kill people. And (laughs) um, uh, women who kill people um, only kill people who are close to them. And if you, uh, people thought maybe uh, women, like if men, like, if, if women aren't married as much, then, uh, they'll kill, like they'll kill other people like, or like killing will go down or something. Cause they want to kill. They're just sick of their husbands. But, um, if, um, if women are like working outside the home, women don't kill people cause they don't care. Women only, care enough to kill if they're at home with people they care about and <laughs> wait men, a second this is like going on prozac like you're so like you become just undepressed enough to kill yourself i feel like this is kind of no crazy. it's just women who kill only kill people they live with hmm. okay. It, okay this is from it, it was a study done in the 60s and 70s over a really long period of time in new york city but what about, and, okay, like Eileen Warmos or Warnos, was she, she was like killing her lovers, was she not? I can't remember that case. Like serial, what about women serial killers? Um, I mean, that's the whole thing. There's so few, right? Right, I guess. Okay. So, so but, but, and okay, there are so they, men, are you talking about self-defense? Sorry, just quickly. Are, no, are you, no just, that's, why they, that's okay. why they waited until the marriage rate went down. No, it's, it's, it's like passion. It's like you have to care so much to kill someone, right? So the men are killing people outside the home because that's what they care about. 
Men don't kill people inside the home. They might torture them or like rape them or whatever the hell they're doing that's terrible inside the home, but they're not killing them. So what what the, the conclusion is, is that you have to care so much to kill someone and women don't care enough to kill someone outside the home. And men don't care enough about what goes on inside the home to kill someone. Okay. Isn't that fascinating? Okay. But what does this have to do with the question? Because uh, women don't. So like when we say women don't negotiate hard enough at work, they don't care. It's not worth it. Like negotiating is a pain. They don't care how much money they make because they don't care that much about work. Like the values that are at work are like, you have to be disagreeable. You have to be really competitive. You have to be highly focused. These are all things that aren't female values. So they don't care how much money they make because they're not consistent with their values. Women in the nonprofit industry care. But they're not making any money to begin with. They're not making any money. Yeah. They're not Also, they're all part-time. Many so are, when yeah. there are studies about um, like who's – there are so few women over, over 35 working full-time. And when people broke down who's answering that they work full-time um, over 35, it turned out that it was a bunch of women who were just doing like – bullshit volunteer jobs at nonprofits saying that they work full time. But, but how much of that is like a motherhood thing? Like how much, like, is it women over 35 that don't? Yeah. It's all motherhood. Just, women are yeah. choosing to be moms. They're not holding down real jobs. So do you they, think that this is about to change? About is being moms. Do you think this is going to change? Because there's so many women who now like increasingly every generation, there's fewer women that, have children, um, no, or it's you the know, opposite. You think it's no, opposite since, for the last 30 years, there have been fewer and fewer women in the workforce. And hmm. the reason is that the more power women get the, um, less likely they are to work outside the home. And this is true in, across many cultures and many countries. And it's been going on for 30 years. And it's because the more power women get, the more likely they are to want gender roles to be more clear. And this is also why um, the divorce rate in couples is higher if uh, gender roles aren't clear in the marriage. Hmm. Hmm. That's a lot to chew on. Yeah, it's really, it's like preposterous that this is like 30 years and that people don't know it. This is like people so, just don't want to talk about it because it's so inconvenient. Right. Right. So um, when you're so what kinds of people come to you looking for advice? Like what are their problems? What do they what kind of help are they hoping to get from you? Their problems are that the world tells them that they're so smart, they can do anything. And their heart tells them that they want to take care of their kids or uh, the world tells them that they earn more money than their husband. So they should keep working, but their heart tells them that it'll kill their husband if they're the breadwinner. So what should they do? They should have 
defined gender roles and uh, no woman is happy being the breadwinner when her when the kids are 10 and 12 and their husband has to make all the decisions with the other stay-at-home moms and he gets frozen out. So what mm. do you tell these women who are saying, I can't meet a guy for, for all the reasons that we discuss all the time? I'm sure you're familiar with Richard Reeves's book of boys and men about how boys are falling behind. There's a whole bunch of women now that are not, they, they can't the find male partners. boys aren't falling behind. Behind okay. what? Behind well, the women not, in terms okay, of like all right. credentials, I guess. or make, They're not going even, to college. Mm-hmm. The boys don't need to go to college and the boys don't need to be reading. It's just, it's a construct. But they're so living the in their parents' are, house. They're living in their parents' basement. Because That's, they're not working? I don't know. Because they're just, they're not interested in launching. Sorry, Sarah, I interrupted you. To, to help me out here. Yeah, yeah. So, the, I mean, there's there's the I, there's the. I guess maybe it's a trope. I I don't know about Richard Reeves' book, um, or how much it goes into this, but I've seen guys like this where they just yeah the failure to launch, kind of phenomena. Um, with young men who feel, sort of dispossessed, like they feel as if there is no place for them. Um, they are not motivated. Well, what right. would they? What would they do? Now. Like, what is motivating to them now? I mean, I think they're right. Yeah, but but then then if you're a woman, if you're a woman and you're faced with these prospects, you're faced with like... Well, no woman is dating a 24-year-old guy seriously. That's a joke. But some of these guys are 34 and they're like this. So what are you supposed to do if if you are a a 28-year-old woman and you want to have a family and you went to Vassar and and the school was... 60% 60% women and and of those 40% men a third of them or more were gay and now you're living in New York City and working in media well you shouldn't How- be living in New York City okay say more about it's that it's the toughest dating market in the world so you should just go move to where you want to raise your family so why is it the toughest dating market in the world I have my theories but what are yours because girls who have already been highly successful by age 23 and look really hot are there and ready to get married. So you can't compete with them. I don't, well, yeah, but what if you're 23? I think it's because it's filled with professions that don't have as many men in them. It's media, it's publishing, it's fashion. There's a little finance, but those guys no. get married and move but, to the suburbs by the time they're 30. Women who are working are not even dateable. women who are getting married aren't working they're just going to bars and having people buy drinks for them like a 23 year old yeah but i was working (laughs) and who'd you marry Um, i mean can he afford to support you in new york city with your kids in private schools not in private schools probably okay so you guys aren't staying in new york city yeah yeah. So they don't live in you New York City, just, though. I mean, okay. that's why the people should just move before they're in New They marry someone because then they can find the person where the person wants to raise kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what if they say they want to live in a big city? They don't want to live in. They don't. Boise, Idaho. Even, that's actually expensive they, now. They can't. Nobody can live in New York City. 
I mean, it, the trust fund kids can, or like, you know, very few people are raising kids in New York City. It's basically a childless city for like immigrants. Immigrants can. Yeah. We're like, very good at that. We just, you know, living in tiny there, apartments. There are not people raising their kids in New York City who aren't. If you can't afford to put your kids in private school, you can't live there because you are banking everything on your kid testing to get into a magnet school. Mm. That's insane to put that Mm. on your kid. Mm. It's not nice. It's not fair. It is Mm. a real struggle. I mean, it is Mm -hmm. very, very hard. So you just go. So what about people? What about women who say they don't want kids? Do you believe them? Um, You're not going to offend me. I think Say the truth. at a certain point, at a certain age, but I think you've got to have another plan. Like <laughs> you've got to be, I mean, you have to have, you've got to be someone's special person. You've got to have a plan to give love and receive love. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the world isn't interesting enough to sustain you for as long as you need to be sustained. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Mm. I think there's... I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know anybody. I don't have a model for not having children and not having love. I don't have... I don't see a model for that. But I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. I know, but I don't see you doing that. I mean, are you in a relationship? I have. I mean, I have been. It's so I, I but look, I think that I'm like, in a, I'm in a, I'm, I'm very unusual in this case. I mean, there's a probably, there's a whole bunch of reasons that I, look, what? I tried, I tried to I want have in New York city. You are every single woman I'm friends with in New York. City. I, I don't have, most of my friends do have kids. Well, I've have a ton of friends in New York city and the vast majority of them have kids. How old I, I think how old are the kids? They're in their, the kids are yeah. in their now they're getting to their teenagers they're getting to be in their early 20s so hmm. yeah hmm. um well i just think even for myself like i mean i think i live with my ex-husband although i can't tell exactly if i live with him but i worry that i don't live with him and then like i'm <laughs> fucked i think everybody Wait. has to like be with a person. I don't think you can like be alone. I think it's messed up. Kids, whatever kids mm-hmm. shit on you anyway, as they get older. But, but wait, this is very different than what you have said though, because you have said that women fundamentally are more satisfied raising a family than they are pursuing a career. And I think that in the aggregate, that's that's not necessarily wrong. I know. I, I agree. I think there are lots of exceptions myself among them, but I don't think that you're wrong about that. But so then we're going to, so I don't think like, I think it's a moot point with you. You already decided. So then I'm thinking like, okay, well, so what's important then? So I think what's important is that um, if you were alone, if you were like 75 and alone, like oh yeah no i think about uh, i'm planning to kill oh i am gonna kill myself yeah for sure so (laughs) i think about that too and i mean it's good it's a good option but like there are people who have love to give and who want like i i mean i don't mean to sound like 
Marianne Williams, but like they want your love and like, there's like goodness in the world where like you can give love and receive love. And it's like ridiculous that we like spend time thinking of killing ourselves and like what year should it be instead of thinking like, (laughs) Oh, how can we give love and receive love? It's like really um, immature. I think you can do both. Well, I don't know. Are most women going to be 75 and alone in the sense that, they're, even if they have their they're married their whole lives like the husbands are going to die before they are so there's going to be kind of miserable a couple of years i guess if you well, if you if you think that it necessarily kids. needs to be okay well i guess hopefully hopefully i don't know i don't really know how that works but i feel oddly like i'm more like megan than i should be i don't know how that happened i didn't even get to go to vassar Oh, don't say that about yourself. Let's go back to our personal problems. Yeah, we we don't want to keep you forever, but let's get into it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Sarah's problem is she needs to leave the city and she's in denial and her husband doesn't want to leave because he thinks he's going to make it big still and leaving feels like a failure. <laughs> you don't know where she lives. Yeah. Yeah. She might live quite, in an I'm intentional community somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I live, I live out in the, you know what though? My, it is kind of been my, my fantasy for my, my whole life. Like since I was a kid to like live like in the woods somewhere completely. Wait, hold on. I don't know that. Wait, you didn't say you lived in the city? No, she doesn't say that. I don't. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, you want me to tell you your problems, but you're not going to reveal anything about yourself. I just, I thought you were so, I thought you were so intuitive. I am. I'm just making stuff up and then making, I'm making up the problem and the solution. <laughs> yes. There is very, so I, people, so, okay. So what's my problem then? Um, I told you that um, I life is about giving and receiving love mm-hmm. and you're focused on ideas. Although I am too. At the moment. I mean, I think life goes in phases. We have times when we're focused on things, on certain things and, other times we're focused on other things. I don't, I don't think that's true. Hmm. Okay. I mean, um, I, like the ideas part is so much less than the love part. Like it does so much less for. Uh, but you can't. Okay. I mean, but you body. can't. I, but. Uh, look, I, I don't want to. I don't like to talk about my personal life, but like, I, you I, guys are I, crazy. I are not going to be able. I don't to think grow this. Good, I, I don't. <laughs> you cannot. You guys have no topic, and you won't talk about yourself. We totally have topics. You know, we, we, we have topics. No, you topic. need like a single topic. Oh. You don't. Oh. You need either a topic, or you need to like throw your yourselves into everything. Mm-hmm. Oh. but you oh. can't like have no topic and protect yourself it's like we, we have topics this is, we talk have about what's topics. wrong with like, women we're, we're, that's what our yeah we're, we talk is. about a lot of uh yeah sex stuff gender stuff uh some culture but, war but stuff there's like nothing at stake if you guys talk about sex and gender but you're anonymous mm. there's nothing at stake well we're not so do you know where our show title comes from a special place in hell so that's yeah. Madeline Albright. Yeah. So Madeline Albright yeah. said there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. So we talk yeah. about, but this very things that you're getting at, these uncomfortable truths about 
um, about biological sex and women's roles. But and Sarah's anonymous. Well, okay, so her you name think is that Sarah. You... Yeah, my name is. She's not anonymous. there. But but I, I am I am my personal like details of like my life. I'm not open about, it, but I do share like <clears throat> I don't know aspects of my life that are not uh like they don't have like you know names and ages and addresses attached do you know what i mean like i'll talk about like here's my best friend and here's her problem and that kind of thing like i'll say stuff like that but it's i won't say here's my best friend that's her name and this is where she lives <laughs> I think it's more it's like, like anonymizing but it's not not personal it is personal it's just you know i think that makes sense it's important to like make it so people can connect with you Okay. Okay. Well, then maybe our listeners could tell us that. Like, have we, are we, do we need to be more out there? Yeah. Can you connect with us? Yeah. What do they want? That's what true. Do you, what do you guys think? Well, I, you don't want, it's not the listeners. It's what do you need to get more listeners, right? Because mm. that's what you guys want. <laughs> yeah. Right. We get, mm-hmm. get those existing listeners. Yeah, you already yeah. got the current right. ones. Right. That's right. right. Okay. Yeah. So I think that that's a really hard thing is like, um, like being well known for what you do, it always demands more and more. You always, it's like a beast. Mm. See, but I've gotten less comfortable with talking about myself as I've gotten older. When I was in my twenties, I wrote a lot about my life, but I think there was something sort of inherently, I, I felt that my, you know, when you're young, you just think you're the first person to have ever experienced any given thing. So you're more likely to be able to write about it. And the older I get, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's not original. It's so I think I'm more reticent than I used to be. Hmm. But you still sense. have original things. Yeah. But I, they're, they're like ideas. I just, I don't think that, See, when I was in my 20s, I sort of had the hubris to think that the world was interested in the antics of a 26-year-old living in Manhattan and thinking certain thoughts and having certain madcap adventures, which actually weren't very madcap or adventurous. But now that I'm like 52, eh, like, <laughs> but it's I think still the world, the world <laughs> is really interested in the idea of, um, now is not the time for love. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really original thinking. Not very many people do that. What do you mean? Well, I mean, that's what you said, right? That like, it, but people are interested in the idea, but you just said that they don't want that. You just said that. Well, that you're doing it right. Cause not, not very many people do that. Um, so that is, well, look, I just don't think it's a good use of my life to go around actively looking for somebody. That's just not how I want to live my life. That's all. It's not like I'm against actively it. looking for someone to love. Yeah, yeah. I think that's good to write about. I think that's really interesting. I just don't, I mean, I, but I don't think that's the same as refusing it. Yeah, I know. Well, I know. Yeah. I just, I think it's a really like tyrannical way to live that's really interesting it is interesting it's an interesting kind of perspective yeah and it is unique it makes you unique and your own internal thoughts about it are interesting but i mean i do have people i love i have people in my life i have an incredibly satisfying life i mean i'm doing the most interesting yeah megan has inspiring things of my life okay i'm the boring one one. all i'm saying is (laughs) well there it's 
I think it's drawing the distinction between interesting and love. They're different. And so what you're saying is that you're picking interesting and you're putting love to the side for right now. And writing about that, like people have a hard time understanding it. And I mean, I'm having a hard time and I like to think I'm like pretty open-minded about it since I'm doing the same thing. And Mm -hmm. I, I just, I think it's hard to understand. It's hard to believe. It's hard to think it's okay. I'm surprised you don't want to write about it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty protective of my my. Oh, my oh, life. you guys are more protective. It's another thing you're protective about. How many clients do you have? If somebody wants to work with you, do you, um, do you like screen them? How do you choose who to work with and what's the process? Well, I only work with people by word of mouth. So oh, uh, everybody usually knows me from my blog or from, mm-hmm. you know, they know what they're getting into. So I don't need to screen them. And I work with probably 200, 250 people a year. Because I oh, just wow. talk to them once. Oh, I wow. tell them what their problem is oh. and what I think their solution should be. And then I hear from them again when they have another problem. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. How long are do there any kind for? of person you don't want to work with? Like, is there, is there, is there a kind of person or is there a, a kind of problem you think is uncoachable? Lots of people are uncoachable, but I still tell them what I think. Sometimes people get really angry. A lot of people record it. And sometimes people get really angry and they put the recording of the coaching call online. What? That's, yeah, that's seems there. It usually gets me more clients. Copyright, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I would think. Well, I give them permission. I don't really care if they do it. It's their coaching call. I don't care. So Mm -hmm. what are the kinds of things they don't want to hear? That they're fuck-ups, that they're ruining their marriage, that they're selfish, that their career sucks, <laughs> that they're not going anywhere. I don't know. Like, no, what everyone doesn't want to hear. Mm-hmm. But most people, like, your friends already know all that stuff. They just won't tell you. Yeah, they want That's somebody true. straight-talking person to, to tell them. And yeah. I, sometimes people just take it better from somebody who's really outside of their personal sphere and then it's hard to take it i mean obviously you take it personally but it's not the same kind of thing when you have a history with somebody in a relationship oh, yeah. with somebody right yeah. so are also, you that I person yeah <laughs> right right well so Do you get more women than men um no i get a lot of men because men men middle-aged men get in a problem where their wives married them when they thought they were going to make a lot of money. And then the men have to break it to their wives that it's not going to happen. And they don't know how to tell their wives. Wow. So yeah, I never tell, thought about that. What do you tell them to do? Yeah. Uh, I first, I explained to them how it's really not going to happen. They're really, they're really not going to make the kind of money they thought they were going to make. And then I tell them how it's pretty much every guy because the odds are it's every guy, just like statistically. And I tell them about other guys. They don't, because men don't talk to each other about it. They don't realize 
how many other guys it's happening to. So a lot of times I can say, well, tell me about other guys, you know, who you think it's not happening to. And so they'll tell me like a friend in their situation and I'll say, oh, here's why it's happening to him. And I'll tell them like, you know, I'll say, here's the guy's problem. Here's what's happening in his career. And here's what he had to tell his wife. And then the, the guy I'm talking to will feel better. Mostly people don't want to be alone. They don't want to be the only one with the problem. Totally. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Hmm. Wow. Well, we've been going a long time. Is there anything we forgot to ask you, Penelope? <laughs> <laughs> no. Is there anything you want to say? Is there anything? Yeah. Um, I'm so impressed with you guys. Thanks for having me on. You are? No, I feel like you probably yeah. think we're big losers. Yeah, because we don't know what we're doing. Because our careers are losers. I feel like, yeah, no, we could be doing a lot better. Especially No, I reached out to you guys. All right, Penelope, you're the best. This was so fun. Thank you so much much for coming on. Just remember, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help each other. (laughs) 